you today. I want to thank you for joining me. Today is uh, the, what is today? Today is the 23rd of May. Can you believe it's this late? Anyway, um, just by a couple ways of announcements and, and things like that, I want to tell you that, um, uh, you know, if you have a donation you want to make to my ministry, I only have a few of them left, but I want to make an offer them to you. Um, my two books, you know, for a gift of $20 or more, you can get both of my books, SOS, A 50-Day Journey to the Heart of God, um, From Breakdown to Breakthrough. Uh, you can get both of these books plus a wristband that says, Seek God's Kingdom. Uh, eventually, I'm going to be doing a conference on Seeking God's Kingdom, and um, <clears throat> but that's from Matthew chapter 33, uh, chapter 6, verse 33. And uh, seek first to can continually seek God's kingdom. And, uh, and for a gift of $20 or more, you'll get those. Uh, for a gift of $15 or more, you can get one of the books and, um, and send to your house. Put a message in my Facebook page or you can email me uh, from my podcast. You can email me at tominsaraministries at gmail.com. Make sure you get those. Um, another announcement I have is that you have uh, the opportunity to become part of the uh, one-month evangelism school. Um, in July, I'm going to be having this school. It's going to be $100 for four weeks. And, um, you know, and so you'll be able to uh, participate in that school. And, um, and I believe that it's a min ministry evangelism school. John Wimber, back in the 80s, uh, had a power evangelism uh, ministry. He would go and he share power evangelism. And what I'm sharing is is encounter evangelism. You get people to encounter the Lord. Okay, I used to go um, and I'd see people and, and some of them would say, yeah, I'm not going to believe you unless I can feel him. And so what I would do is I would just stop with them and say, okay, well, pray with me. And I would say, Holy Spirit, come, Jesus, come. And the presence of God would lay heavy upon us, and it would be really, really, really cool. Um, I want to thank those who prayed for me yesterday. Um, you know, I, I, I shared with a couple folks my, I was having an episode last night, a dizzy, dizzy spell, and they prayed for me, and, and you know, I mean, I, and, and, and God healed me. So I want to thank God. For that hi Jennifer good to see you um, I want to continue on with what we talked about uh, yesterday about um, let me get my papers here I know my head's really big and I should have had the papers out but yesterday we talked about our destiny in God and we, we we talked about how he chose us and how he ordained us and and before the foundation of the world he chose us and it was from this word that we get predestination, like we were predestined, uh, predetermined, is not the is not really what it is. But all of us, everybody who's been alive, um, uh, has is predetermined or predestined to be conformed or share in the image of Jesus. We already are that. Uh, God has not destined us for wrath. Okay, that's not our destiny. Okay, according to First Thessalonians five. God has not destined us for wrath, okay? The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus on the cross. And if we receive the sacrifice of Jesus, the wrath of God 
is not on us. Okay? The Bible says that Jesus did not come, John 3, 17, he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him should be saved. He who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. So everybody is who does not believe in Jesus, anybody who is not born again, is not under, uh, anybody who's not born again is condemned already. They're already going to hell. It's not a if, and, or but situation. That's where their bus is going. They receive Jesus, and all of a sudden, everything has changed. They're, um, uh, they are no longer under the condemnation that they have placed upon themselves. Romans chapter 2 says God gave them over to their depraved mind. God gave them over to, to that. Um, that uh, and so God is saying that, no, you are not destined for the wrath. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we are not under wrath. Okay? Uh, God didn't destine us for that. For that. We have been destined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. In Romans 8, 29, we have, having determined our destiny ahead of time. Now, you can be predestined, but it's up to you to get there. Every person alive before, you know, when, when Jesus first created man till the last person who dies on earth, you have been predestined to, to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That is your destiny. Now you can turn it down, no doubt. And I, and I mentioned this yesterday, that uh, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a sports team that goes out and they have a predestined plan to win the game. And if they execute properly, they're going to, they're going to succeed. Okay? And one, one of those teams is going to succeed in their predetermined plan. All right? But we have the opportunity to turn that down. God doesn't want us to, but we have that opportunity to do that. So we're going to continue with that before we get into adoption and, um, and, and understanding. And one other thing I want to mention is that you have this election word in the King James. You have election in the New American Standard. And that just means to be chosen. It doesn't mean that God elected you and nobody else can get in. That's not it. There's 8, 8 billion people on earth right now. And you can rest assured that all of them have been elected. But not all of them make it. Because of their uh, determination not to receive Jesus. So I want to pick up a little bit on this. Some more scriptures. I want to pick up a little bit more on this and then carry on and go forward. He says in Ephesians 2.10, I love the book of Ephesians, by the way, um, and I love Colossians. Actually, I love the Bible, but those two books anyway, and God's anointing is on Colossians right now as well. So in Ephesians 2.10, he says, We have become his poetry. I'm reading out of the Passion. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. 
So he planned, he had this plan ahead of time that we would, um, uh, that, that we would um, be conformed to the image of Jesus and the works and the good things we would do to fulfill that uh, preordained plan of his to be conformed into his image. And what are some of those things? I believe healing is some of those. I believe uh, uh, evangelism is some of that. So, and, and a lot of times we don't get, we, we, we fall into the trap. I dropped my papers. So a lot of times we fall into this trap of, of being complacent and being very uh, superficial that um, we're not going to, we're not going to go full on into uh, the ordination of the Lord, the ordained um, plan of God for us to be conformed into the image or reformed into the image of Jesus. Remember I said yesterday, uh, and I was at a church and this guy kept talking about our sin nature. We don't have, if you're born again, your nature is not to sin. You may have a habit of sinning, but it's not in your nature because you've been given a, given a new DNA, a new nature, and that is the nature of Jesus. Because he lives in you, you now have the ability and you have the power to have his uh, nature. God's nature in you. And, and a lot of times we fall complacent and we fall apart because in Lamentations 1.9, uh, we, we and, and a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people fall away from the Lord because they don't consider what their uh, destiny is. A lot of people fall away because they don't understand what their destiny is. And in Lamentations 1.9, out of the New American Standard, it says her uncleanness was in her garment seems she did not think of her future she wasn't considering her destiny and what is your destiny what was her destiny to be conformed into the image of Jesus and so she has fallen in an astonishing way she has no comforter okay so you have to understand and you have to keep the focus keep your attention on what your destiny is your destiny Okay, is not to sleep around. Your destiny is not to be a drug addict or a drug dealer or a murderer or anything like that. Your destiny is to be conformed into the image of Jesus where he can fulfill his life through you. That's a good word right there. So when you are born again, when you are born from above, what happens is that you now have a new, um, a new um, lifestyle. The Bible says that the old is passed away, new things have come. You're not the old you fixed up. You are the prototype of the new you filled with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. Your body now is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not what you were. You are who he says you are. You are the righteousness of God. And we'll get more into this 
in a little bit. But one thing I want to hit, hit on today as we're moving along is this thing of adoption. He says, uh, he says yet, um, all of this, you know, and I want to talk about adoption. We'll get there when we're in Romans 8.15 even more. But in, Ro in uh, Galatians 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, he talks about this adoption and, um, and to a Roman, and I want to explain this um, from the beginning because it's important that to a Roman, adoption was a big deal. When you adopted somebody, you could not disinherit it. It was illegal for you to disinherit your adopted child. And this is what Paul is talking about when we are adopted. He adopts us into his family. We've been given a signet ring that we carry the authority of our family now. When you're adopted, you have the full rights and full inheritances of your um, uh, full inheritances of the um, uh, of the family that you have been adopted into, and we've been adopted into the family of God, and because of that, we have the full authority and the full grasp of everything that God has. Ephesians one says that we ha uh, we are His inheritance. Okay, we have an inheritance in him, but he has an inheritance in us as well. Go to Galatians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 with me. Again, I'm out of the passion. Yet, all of this was so that he would redeem and set free those held hostage to the law so that we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as children. And so we would know that we are as true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, My Father, my true Father. Another version says, Abba, Father. My Father, my true Father. Now this whole thing of redemption is not only being bought back. This whole thing of, of, of redemption means not only are you re redeemed, uh, or not only are you bought back into the family of God, but you are restored as well. Think of the prodigal son in, in uh, I think it's Luke 15. Actually, I believe the story is about the prodigal's father, but, you know, it, it's commonly referred to as the prodigal son. He goes out and then comes back, the father re restores him back to the family and uh, redeems him and restores him back to the family. How did he redeem him? Well, he protected the son from the, from the neighbors who had every right to kill him for what he did to his father. But the father ran and wrapped his arms around him and said, this is my son who was lost and now he is found. He has been returned to me. That doesn't mean that he was still going to get the the, uh, uh, the the land that was would have been rightfully his because he already squandered it. But it does mean that he was restored to the family. There's a song by Benny Hester, and it says, "When God ran, the day God ran." You know, the the the, the son went out, and the father. 
I believe, was waiting on the porch for his son to return, waiting on the front door uh, of his house, looking down the, the path, seeing when his son would return. And when his, he saw his son, he ran to him, and he restored him. He redeemed him, and he restored him. God does that to you when you receive him as Lord and Savior. He not only redeemed us, but he set us free from our hostage situation to the law. Remember, the law wasn't given for the righteous. The law was given for the sinner. That they may know that they need a Savior. And we can receive freedom now as adopted sons. You remember in the movie Ben-Hur, Charlton Heston, um, and the, the Roman adopts him as a son. He had every legal right to this man's family. Every legal um, <clears throat> part to this man's um, house, his riches, his fam <clears throat> family. And the same thing is for you when you are adopted. When you become born again, you um, uh, are re God releases to you uh, the spirit of sonship, and he puts it in our hearts, and we can cry out intimately, Abba, Father. My Father, my tender Father, my true Father. In Romans chapter eight fifteen, and a lot of us fall into this, and I talk about it a lot, but in Romans eight fifteen, he says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. When you, um, <clears throat> when you are walking in the law, you are under bondage to the law. And this religiousness and people who are religious are actually in bondage. You are stuck with the spirit of religious duty and never being good enough. For years, I never felt good enough. I never felt righteous enough. I never felt enough to walk in what God had given me to do and what God had planned for my life. But he says, you have received the spirit of full acceptance. The spirit of adoption in God is that you are fully accepted in the brethren. And Jesus, being the, the firstborn in our family, enfolds us into the family of God. And we are not orphaned anymore. We're not orphans. For the Holy Spirit rises up within us, our spirits join with him, saying, with words of tender affection, Beloved Father. And again, the Hebrew of beloved and the Greek here um, deal with uh, not only a tenderness, but it also deals with be, having our passion boiled over. God's passion for you boils over. He pours it in you. Your passion boils over for him. You are adopted into the family of God, never to be disinherited again. Never 
to be disinherited. Say that with me. I cannot be disinherited. You can't. It's impossible. In fact, many laws in the United States deal with the uh, adoption issue. That you are not allowed, it's against the law to disinherit an, adopt, an adopted child. Now, my oldest son, I'm not going to tell you his name, but my oldest son uh, was five years old when I married his mother. Shortly after we were married, I was signed the papers to adopt him as my son. I can't disinherit. He's not disinherited. Whatever I leave, he gets some of. My natural children, I can disinherit. You know, if they do something that, you know, uh, and I remember this guy, he had, a, you know, his son, he said that uh, this is his, and if he makes it to the age of 24 uh, without getting arrested, it's his. Well, he didn't make it to 24 without being arrested. And you will never feel orphaned. When you are adopted into God's family, you are never orphaned. Say that with me. I'm not orphaned. I am not an orphan. You are in the family of God. And there's a verse, I think it's 1 Thessalonians, that, said, that says a man who will not take care of his family is worse than an unbeliever. And I remember a man told that to me. I was struggling financially at a point in my life. And um, I'm back at that point, but to, to that point now. But um, I remember he said to me, he gave me that verse. And I'm like, you know, that's real encouraging. Thank you very little, sarcastically. And he said, read that verse again. I said, a man who will not take care of his family is worse than an unbeliever. And he, and he looked at me right in the eyes and he said, are you calling God an unbeliever? Are you calling God an infidel? And I said, I would never do that. And he goes, exactly. So don't call him that. When you're born again, according to John chapter 1, verse 12, you have the right and you are now a child of God. To, and if you receive Jesus, he gave you the, the authority. He gave you the right to be called a child of God. He gave you the right to be a child of God. And since you are his child, stop telling him that he's an infidel because you feel like he's not going to take care of you. His name, his name is provider. He will provide for every one of your needs because you are in his family. Now, I've been preaching that for years, for at least three or four years now, four years now. Actually, closer to five years now. And, uh, the, and this message that I've been preaching about, about Jesus' name, praying in Jesus' name, not as an addendum at the end of a prayer, not as a tagline at the end of a prayer, in Jesus' name, as though that's some, uh, uh, what do you call it, that that is some magic word, abracadabra, that your prayer is going to be answered. But actually praying in the character of Jesus actually praying 
his character. His character. He is provider. It's not what he does, it's who he is. He is healer. It's not what he does, it's who he is. You pray, and if it's contained in his name, if it's contained in his character, he will do it. John 14, Matthew 10. You pray anything in his name, and he will do it. In this way, he will show what the Father is really like. In John 14, these things that I do, you're going to do and greater. Because I go to the Father. And what happens when he goes to the Father? He sends the Holy Spirit in us who empowers us. That we can be, like Daniel 11 says, that we would be people who are intimate with their God, are become empowered with his strength to go out and do exploits. You get to do this because it's contained in his name. I can pray for the sick and they are guaranteed recovery because of who he is and because of the blood of Jesus. Now, I want to say this. I have not seen everybody I prayed for healed miraculously. Many of them took over time. But God always does it because God will never hear a prayer that is contained in his name and not answer it. He said, ask me anything in my name. If it's contained in my character, I will do it. Remember, uh, to a Hebrew, the name of Jesus is actually his character. When they named you, it was your character. It's contained in his character. Now, Acts 10.38 says, says this. He says, How Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good, healing all who were afflicted of the devil. That's my goal, the healing of all. I want to see miracles all the time. I don't just want to see healings, but healing is a part of it. Healings are a part of that. I know a guy that I prayed for years ago that told me, no, it didn't happen miraculously. It happened a couple years later. I woke up one day and, and everything was fine. I remember this, this uh, Samo uh, Samoan man came up to me. His wife was on dialysis. And I looked at him and I said, and I, said I believe that Jesus heals. Do you believe that? He says, yes. So I said, okay, well, let's pray for your wife. Now, she was going on dialysis. She had like maybe 4% of her uh, kidneys that actually worked. And she, you know, she would go in for a dialysis. They would test it. And dialysis, what it does is it removes the toxins from your body, and they test to see how much of those toxins came out. And so... Um, she was up in the up near 20. I have no idea what that means to be at 20 or 19 or 20. Um, but she went in that day. This was like uh, 10 o'clock at night. I prayed for him at four in the morning. Um, he had to take her into for dialysis. She goes in, and he he was up all day. They were up all day. First, they had um, uh, the the main uh, specialist. 
And then he called another specialist to come in. They did another test on her. They did another test on her. They did seven tests. They had, uh, they had a bunch of specialists that came in to review the tests. And, and, and he said, sir, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he said, sir, um, we don't understand it. But your wife has the kidneys of a child. She was at 19, and now she's at like one or two. I have no idea what that means when toxin levels, but I'm assuming that 19 is really bad. And one of the prayers that we prayed that day was that God would give her kidneys like a baby. It slipped out of my mouth when I prayed it, but that God would give her kidneys like a baby. And you know, God did. It was a miracle. And I love miracles. I love doctors too, don't get me wrong. I do not believe that medical healing is a second class healing. God uses anything. God's God. He can do anything he wants. In fact, one of the Psalms says that God is enthroned in heaven and, can, and does as he pleases. So whether he heals you over time or heals you instantly is not the issue. You are healed. Because the blood of Jesus says, the word of God says, by his stripes you were healed. Past tense. Psalm 103 says, he forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. We have to receive it. Now, I don't pray for somebody the same prayer twice. Because that shows lack of faith. I remember Smith Wigglesworth. I learned that from him. Smith Wigglesworth had a guy that came up one night, prayed for healing. Came up the next night, and, uh, and Smith Wigglesworth saw him and said, Hey, what are you doing here? And he said, Well, I'm, I'm here to, to get healed. And he goes, Well, I prayed for you yesterday. And he said, yeah, but I'm not healed yet. And he goes, well, then believe it. Go home and start thanking God for your healing before it happens. Let it be done before it happens. Thank him before the answer. God, I thank you for my healing. Like yesterday, I, I told you that yesterday I was having, a, having dizzy spells. My heart rate was really high. <clears throat> And I had a couple folks pray for me. And as they prayed for me, uh, I started to thank God for the, for the deliverance. I started to thank God for the healing. And, and, and today I'm much better. I'm able to stand up. I'm not dizzy, you know. Yeah, just after you pray it the first time, the Bible says he will hear, hear our prayer. In this way, he will show what the Father is really like. He answers the prayer if your prayer is contained in his name. If your prayer is contained in his name, he answers it. That's what he says. If you ask anything, and I looked up that word anything, and it means anything. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Not I may do it. you got to beg me to do it. No. He says, I will do it. In this manner, I will show what the Father is really like. 
That's why Jesus can look at his disciples and say, heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes. He doesn't say pray for the sick, pray that blind eyes would be open. No, he says open blind eyes. Heal the sick. Why? Because it's contained in his name. Now again, I want to I want to iterate. I have not seen everybody I prayed for healed. I've I've seen a lot of people that I prayed for healed. My goal is that everybody that that I pray for will be healed. That's my goal. But until then, I'll keep praying. And I'll keep seeking him. And so what you want to do is pray those things. Even if you're not... I remember this guy. He was so mad. He had a bad back. He couldn't, couldn't hardly walk. And he's praying. And people were getting healed in his back. I mean, in their back. But he wasn't. But he would always say, I'm one step closer. I'm one step closer. I'm one step closer to my healing. Thank you, God, for healing. So start thanking him. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, he says, make joy your feast. Make your life a prayer. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you. God, Tom, tell me what the will of God is for my life. Be thankful. We'll get more into this later. But you start to understand it when you realize that you are adopted as a child of God. You are adopted as a into his family. And where you can cry out with the Holy Spirit, Abba, Father, tender Father, true Father. You get to do it. And it's awesome being adopted. So when you walk in this adoption, understand that you were destined before the foundations of the world to be conformed into the image of Jesus. You, you got that. Now you're adopted as a child. The devil can't lie to you if you walk in that. The devil and his... Um, Angels are trying to destroy you and get you to think that you are who you were. But my Bible says that old things have passed away. You are a new creature in Christ. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. New things have come. And, you know, my, my grandfather passed away in the 70s. He's not coming back. And neither should you. Brand new. Prototype new. You are new. You are adopted. You are no longer an orphan. But you are in the family of God simply by receiving Jesus. How do I get saved, Tom? It's easy. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. It's that simple. That's all you have to do. Why am I pounding on this? Because the devil is a liar. 
and he wants you to believe that you are a scumbag, you are lonely, you are uh, an orphan, you are not cared for. But that's not true. The truth is, you have been given the spirit of full acceptance, and you can cry out, tender father, true father. If you don't walk in the destiny of who you are, your fall is going to be great. You're going to fall astonishingly because you did not uh, consider what your destiny is. And again, what is your destiny? Romans 8.29, to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Boop! End of story. Your mission and your purpose in life and your destiny is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. So what does Jesus look like? Jesus looks like you. Because he lives inside of you. So you get to be conformed, reformed into his image. Somebody got mad at me because I, I didn't say reformation. They got mad at me because they said reformation. It's a reformation. Martin Luther had a reformation of what Christianity really is. William Seymour from Azusa Street had a reformation of what Christianity really is. And you get to do that too. Well, let's pray and we'll carry on uh, with some of these things tomorrow. So, Father, I thank you for everyone watching, everybody that will watch, everyone that watched before, God, that your word is getting out. And that we're coming into our identity. We're, and, and, and we're coming into this place of who we really are. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your deep love. Thank you for your grace. Give us strength today as we move forward. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen. Take some time today, if not right now, take some time today just to be in the presence of the Lord. It's so important. Nothing else really matters. Anyway, God bless you guys. Um, I want to thank you for joining me. And, uh, and, and again... Um, you know, for a donation into the ministry of $20 or more, you can get both of my books, a wristband that says Seek God's Kingdom, and you'll get both of these shipped to your house. And, um, and if you have them already, God will just give them away to somebody. Um, I want to tell you that, uh, and you can do that through Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App. And, uh, and, so, and then just message me. I'll tell you what the addresses are. Um, if you want to be a part of my school in July, it's $100 for the month. Uh, it's an online school and can be done at your uh, pleasure, at your availability. And, um, you know, and so you can, you can go ahead and do that. It's $100 for the month for the videos. And, uh, and you'll also receive the books. You receive the wristband uh, with that, um, with that um, 
I'm not going to call it tuition, but the donation of $100 uh, for that. Um, and that'll be in July. Just um, message me here on Facebook, or if you're on my podcast, go to Tom and Sarah Ministries. That's T-O-M-I-N-S-E-R-R-A Ministries at gmail.com. Tell me you're interested. I'll give you all the information and and we can and you you can do that, okay? So if you want to be a part of that school, feel free to contact me regarding it and we'll get all the information out to you. Anyway, God bless you guys today. Just know that God is all powerful. He has all authority and he loves you deeply. You are destined to be conformed into his image and you are adopted as a child of God. Amen. Talk to you next time.